Hello and welcome to the Casuals to Degenerates podcast. I'm your host, Luke Probasco, and with me is my co-host, Jacob Belleville. Welcome, Jacob. Hello, how's it going? That's going pretty good. You know, one more sleep till Friday, and then we got the Super Bowl here. And I am a 49ers fan, so I am excited to see my team. Uh, I'm 35 now, so this will be like the third time I've seen them in the Super Bowl. Uh, I was actually born the day after they won the Super Bowl in the 88 season. So what if I was born January 23rd, they beat the Bengals on January 22nd. So, but then, yeah, stuff there in the early 90s, I don't really actually remember. Um, So I lived through all of the bad 49ers stuff. Nice. So, So, but yeah. Um, people have asked me, oh, what will you do if the 49ers lose again? I'm like, well, I mean, it's pretty cool that I've seen my team in the Super Bowl three times. Sucks that they've lost, but, you know, could be a Bears fan, see your team in the Super Bowl once and, you know, see a kick return for a touchdown and, you know, think things are great. And then, and then they weren't. Could have experienced the double doink. Yep. So, I mean, I'll be, you know, getting there is an accomplishment. And, you know, I obviously really helped get them to that point. Uh, A lot of preparation work that I did here as a fan to really propel them uh, to the Super Bowl. I mean, a lot of people are talking about the Taylor Swift, Kansas City Chiefs things. Little people, little do people know that uh, I have helped the 49ers get to where they are. But I'm no Taylor Swift, so don't talk about me. Yep. But this week, we are going to, you know, as Jacob says, tear off that rearview mirror. We're not really looking in the past. We are looking right ahead into 2024. We wanted to highlight some freshmen and then kind of hit on something that we were doing last week where we talk about people that are in our supplemental draft and why, you know, maybe you want to, you know, take them in your supplemental draft or maybe they're fool's gold and here's why they're fool's gold. Um, so that's what we're going to do tonight. The bear is still not with us down in Cancun, uh, I would say he's hibernating, but I don't. I think he's, like, getting all of his beer that he can. So he should be back with us next week. I imagine these player profiles that uh, Jacob, I, and Tweet will do. uh, Again, we will be picking one running back, one wide receiver, um, one that is a freshman, and then one that's in our player pool kind of going forward here. So we kind of get through a lot of players and – can talk about a whole whole bunch of them, the good ones, the deep ones. Uh, spoiler alert, looks like we both kind of went a, not super deep, but we went deeper than, you know, just plucking the, the top guys here. Yep. So make sure that we go out here. We um, download, rate, review. We only want the five-star reviews. I think, I think Grim, like, tried to make a joke about something about that. I didn't really pay attention. He was, like, saying Luke bashes us i i don't know i i didn't really get it grim i even asked about it and you ignored me so i i just don't get it but if you've got something bad to say 
just post it, but just like say it's about Grim, not about our podcast. He seemed worked up, but I mean, I I did I did promise like if we get a negative review, I will read it aloud on the show. Like we gotta we gotta Didn't own we? if if we're not good, we gotta own it. Well, we, we are good. So we, we are good. If we it. are good, we will. Like, if you give a positive review, I'm never going to read it on the show. Because that's the expectation. Exactly. You know, we piss ac- excellence. We're not going to get a big so, head. We're not going to read all the all the all the good comments and say, "Oh, wow, look how great we are." That's not us. We need to. We're about continuous improvement on the show. Except for, Quick except for I've for got tweets one for us tonight. <laughs> Do you think tweets you don't listen to this? No. There's no way he listens to this. <laughs> no, not at all. All right. Quick hitter tonight. We've got the Super Bowl coming up on Sunday. As we record this Thursday night, uh dropping late Thursday night, uh early Friday morning. Let's prepare us for the Super Bowl. How many, Jacob, how many Alabama players have scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl? And I will preface this with how many players graduated from Alabama. So, you you know, as an Eagles fan, you might think of Jalen Hurts. Hey, hey, but he actually graduated from Oklahoma. So, you know, can't do that. Are we sure any of these players even graduated from Alabama? Like it always seems like they're early declares. So I let's mean, say, so let's say not graduated, but were drafted with Alabama being their team, I guess. Okay. Where they were drafted from. How about that? I'm guessing it's Idiot. I'm guessing it's ridiculously low if you're asking. Okay. Maybe it's ridiculously high, and that's why I'm asking. All you at home, play along. We'll give it like three seconds, and then Jacob, you you say your number. One, two, three. Three. Three players. Zero. Zero? Zero. Now, you know, you might ask, who has scored the most? Do you have an idea of which college leads the nation in points, not touchdowns, but points scored in the Super Bowl? Michigan. Well, you can't spell super. Can't spell super without the U. It's all about the U. Miami has uh, 84 points scored in the Super Bowl, which is the most. Um, second yeah. is Penn State at 81. State. Third is Florida with 68. Uh, Penn State, uh, Robbie Gold uh, has scored wow. quite a bit of points. I was going to say, like, who, <laughs> who did they have that was scored all these points? Um so it doesn't always say who uh, this is in uh, Banner Society, according to Banner Society, very reputable source. Um, but uh, three kickers pretty much lead Penn State 
81 points there. Uh, Florida then is at 68. So it was 84, 81, 68. Emmett Smith scoring 30 of those 68 points. Then kickers chipping in the rest. Um, Cal has 66. Notre Dame with 64. The best school in Texas, Texas Tech with 62. Um, and of course, you know, is that like Iowa. all Mahomes? What's that? Is that like all Mahomes and Crabtree? Did he score in the Super Bowl? I think Crabtree did. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the highest G five team, Memphis, with fifty points. Um, then you've got Iowa that scored six points. And Iowa State scored 12. So Iowa State has scored more points than Iowa in the Super Bowl. Double. Stats. Double them. Double them up. Arizona with 42. Gronk with a, a lot oh, of those. <laughs> so, anyways, something, something fun going into the Super Bowl. Uh, that's just interesting because... You know, kind of where you go to school, it matters, but also doesn't matter. Uh, NCAA news. So there's a couple. There's two bigger topics I want to talk about, and then just some some news and notes. So Ryan Williams. If you're not sure who Ryan Williams is, guys, go look him up. He is a wide receiver in the 2025 class, who then reclassified to the 2024 class. Jacob probably in your top five of receivers, if not higher for this year? I would have him outside. Top 10? Top 10-ish. But yeah, I mean, basically, well, like for Debbie, I would have him right around 10 to 12 probably. Just because of the, he he is a little bit, he needs to gain some weight. Yeah, he's a small guy. uh, A lot of comps to Devonta Adams, or not Devonta Adams, Devonta Smith. Um but that also says something about the comps that he's getting. Plus, Jacob just said, "Hey, he's probably like right around the top 10. That's reclassifying. So, like, yeah, he's younger than everybody else, and there's something to be said about that. Like, you gotta yeah, be pretty good. Yeah, and he was also dominating really good competition. Yep. Um, he was originally uh, committed to Alabama. Nick Saban left. Um, even before Nick Saban left, he decommitted. And then uh, it really seemed like Auburn was going to grab grab him. And Auburn is really putting together quite the wide receiver core there. I'm excited to see them here in probably like two to three years. I don't know what they'll do this next year, but they're young. And I think they're putting together something, something real nice down there. But um, Kalen DeBoer comes in. He's able to get Ryan Williams to recommit to Alabama and Alabama finishes with the number two recruiting class, which for Kalen DeBoer, we talked about it a few weeks back, you know, are you coming to Alabama? Are you coming for the coach? I think Kalen DeBoer did an excellent job of retaining some of these guys that are getting plucked from your rock. Like, I mean, I can't imagine it's not being used as a recruiting tactic of, Oh, you know, Nick Saban's gone. And, you know, even though Kalen DeBoer was in the super in the national championship, like still recruits probably don't really know him, and nor did he really recruit many of these guys. 
So I think uh, that that really proves that he he can recruit. Um, but if you think about it, he was at Washington this last year. Before that, Kalen DeBoer was at Fresno State. So the guys that he went to the championship with, those were not the guys that he recruited. Those were not his guys. Um, and if you listen to some of those guys that graduated this last year, they asked them, like, hey, how did Kalen get you to stay and not jump ship? And it's like, hey, stay with me through spring practice. If you want to jump ship, then fine. Just give me a chance. What, like, what's the worst that can happen? They gave him a chance. He proved himself in a short period of time. Takes Washington to a national championship. I'm assuming it was probably something very similar there with the uh, Alabama squad. Um wasn't able to keep everybody. Obviously, he thinks very, very highly of Austin Mack uh, with Julian Sand moving on to Ohio State. And that sounds like that was more of uh, pushing him out as opposed to like him wanting to leave. So that was kind of yeah. interesting. So really must believe in Austin Mack there. Um, but yeah, um, big news, I think. Uh, another piece of information, Riley Leonard had tightrope surgery. So, Jacob, I believe you are Riley Leonard owner. So, that came out, but he's already, like, starting to do stuff and season's a ways away. I don't know how many reps you have to do as a quarterback in a new system or if you can read a playbook and be up to speed for the most part. I'm sure the timing with wide receivers is probably the only thing you miss out on. Yep. But uh, that happened. And then today, Zachariah Branch joins the USC track team. So now Zachariah Branch doing track at USC, which I don't know how far into the track season they are. I mean, Nicholas Harbor is doing track, setting some records. Uh, Jacob, I know you're a big fan of him, and I know I've seen a couple uh, races kind of go viral of his. Do you remember any of those? I feel like he was he set some record. Um, uh, I think for he, a the one he just did, he ran like 2086, 20, I think, for the 200 meter. And I think that was like eighth best time. Gotcha. Or like South Carolina, maybe. I don't know. So he's he's doing some great things. But yeah, um, Zachary Branch joining the track team, which I find interesting. And then we get to a big piece of information, big-ish. It could get bigger, but Dartmouth basketball, uh, the college has deemed that players are um, employees of the school. That means they are eligible for um, health benefits, all that stuff. But Dartmouth is an Ivy League school, and they don't have scholarships. So that's the thing that's a little bit different than your Alabamas and everything else is, oh, you're getting a scholarship. So we don't, you know, that's always been kind of the argument of not to pay players because we are paying you in the form of an education. Um, so it's something I just wanted to note. I don't know if it's anything big yet or not. It is different but something to monitor with these other lawsuits and things going on. Um, my guess is it doesn't really go anywhere because it's an Ivy League school, which they don't really have to play 
by the private schools and stuff just don't have to pay. Because like, I think Northwestern did something like this a while back ago. Um, but then it would put them at an unfair advantage against the big other Big Ten schools who are public universities. So it was just kind of struck down and then nothing ended up happening. I don't know if something like that happens or all the Ivy League schools just do it and who cares. Um, not a lot of players are coming out of the Ivy League schools. Well, but hey, maybe that was a big sh- a shift. Maybe, maybe. I mean, I don't think a scholarship to Alabama is worth the same amount as even a year at Dartmouth. At Dartmouth, <laughs> the tuition. So, but shout out to a uh, show favorite Cornell Hatcher Jr. He got an offer from Dartmouth. He's a smart guy. Yeah, he had a lot of Cornell. For, oh yeah, yeah. So, um, and then BC head coaching position opens. I'm trying to think of the head coach there. Um, but he leaves to become a defensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers. Really leaves that squad. You don't have a head coach. You're going to come up to spring practices here pretty soon. But also nobody can uh, take anybody from your team because the school season or the school year has started. And so people really aren't leaving. So you might see some guys leave here in the spring, but all reports are that they are down to two candidates, one being Bill O'Brien. So that is interesting. Kind of makes sense because he just came from New England, but Mm -hmm. he also has already accepted the Ohio State offensive coordinator position where he will be calling plays. So not sure what that would look like for a buyout or Whatever. Um, there are some rumors going around that uh, maybe one of his uh, kids has uh, a condition that a hospital in the in the area is very, very good. Kind of like the University of Iowa, good for the children's hospital, right. things like that. Sounds like there might be something like that involved, which then, you know, that makes total sense. Yep. But again, rumors. But again, it doesn't really matter, but that would be interesting if Bill O'Brien takes over. He did take over at Penn State after the uh, that team was kind of left in shambles after the um, Joe Paterno, Joe Pa stuff. Um, and he, not that he fixed everything, but he, he left it in a much better place than when he found it. Goes to the Houston Texans, did all right there. Um, won a lot of games and then kind of did the screw you at the end of the, <laughs> at his end of his time there uh, selling oh, Hopkins for like yeah. nothing. So it wasn't a bad coach. It was all of his GM moves that kind of came back. Like what the hell's going on here? And then what are your expectations as a Boston college fan? Like we're going to go to a bowl game and probably beat a couple of these teams that are rivals like i don't think you really have uh, national championship aspirations maybe you do but um yeah i don't think that's a big deal but boston college head coaching position opens what will be interesting is if bill o'brien takes that job then that means the ohio state offensive coordinator job is open and i believe i saw somewhere a few days ago that chip kelly the UCLA head coach was interviewing for 
or very curious about the Seattle Seahawks offensive coordinator position. So if he gets that position, then we're going to have a UCLA job open. Maybe Chip Kelly uh, applies for the Ohio State. There's, there's <laughs> no way. Job. There's no way that Chip Kelly is going to be an offensive coordinator at a college. You don't think so? I think that ego is way too big. No. He would view that as a step back. If it happens, let's say it happens. He goes to become an OC at another college. What does that say about the job at UCLA? Like how bad of a job is UCLA if that were to be the thing? Well, that, and then if he actually were to go to, like, say he went to Ohio State to be the offensive coordinator, I would think that he was in the know that the head coaching seat is very hot at Ohio State. Yeah. He's not going He's not going there to just sit behind Ryan Day. Maybe he's going because he doesn't want to do all the recruiting stuff. There'll be some other guy to do the recruiting stuff. I just got to, like, deal with some players. I, you know, I think it's very interesting that – uh. And maybe he's not the defensive coordinator at at uh, at the Packers, and like he's a defensive coordinator analyst or something. Hmm. I don't remember what it was. Maybe Ian, you'll tell us. Maybe it was the DC. But um, anyways, enough rambling. Let's get into our player highlights. Jacob, what do you got for us? All right, so the first player I'm going to highlight is um, Keith Willis Jr. He's 5'11", 206, and as a true freshman, he ran for 288 yards and seven touchdowns for Louisiana Tech. Um, Just historically, this offense is pretty willing to give a lead back like 70-plus percent of the total rush attempts, and I think he might be the lead back this year. So really you're looking at a team that rush is 120 to 130 yards a game. That's what they average. But if he's going to get 70% of that, that puts him in line to, you know, put up a season, maybe 850 yards, 10 touchdowns. And he's probably going to be available at the back half of our supplemental draft. So And seven touchdowns for a freshman, you, that's typically not a role that, that – inside the five, inside the 20, that you're going to give a true freshman if you don't believe that they can you know, do that yep. job. So if he becomes the lead back, that seven, maybe that seven's a floor. Yep. And it looks like he's got a good amount of juice. I mean, so just seeing the field as a true freshman is one thing, but then I think you might be looking at a starter for the next two years at Louisiana Tech. All right. For me, I chose – Abu Sama, Iowa State running back. He is a polarizing player to me. I, for one, don't think I will have any Abu Sama uh, in any of my leagues unless he drops to a certain spot that I feel like there's value. Um, but um, Abu Sama, freshman last year for a lot of your guys' beloved Cyclones, Iowa State has a lot of guys returning. Uh, obviously did a lot better than I think anybody anticipated uh, last year with all of the gambling stuff that happened. But uh, as a as a freshman, he played in 12 games, had 84 attempts, four, uh, 614 yards, 
six touchdowns, seven receptions on nine targets for 51 yards. Um, but the thing that I just don't understand is you you look at the the game against Memphis, and then you had the snow game against Kansas State, and then the game against Texas, and the game against BYU, and then Baylor. So this is October 28th through the bowl game, 0.1 points, fantasy-wise. 0.1 points, 23 points, 2.4, 45.7, 0.4. It's just like, as long as you played them every other week, you were fine. But it's three attempts for 21 yards, eight for 110, seven for 11, 16 for 276, 12 for four. What are you going to get out of Abu Sama going into his sophomore year? Um, I'm trying to remember who, who the running back was that went to Charlotte. Cartavius Norton, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was supposed to be the guy. Then uh, I think he looked like a Tootsie Roll. Went uh, goes over there in his latest picture, but it seems like it's Abu Sama's role. And we know David Montgomery, Brees Hall, not saying that that's who he's like, but there is a um, history of having a running back getting a lot of the work and typically being successful. So I could see Abu Sama in our fantasy draft in our supplemental. I think this year could be different than others. I'm curious to see where other people take some freshmen. Um, but I think he could go as high as the second round of our supplemental. I could see him go as low as probably like the eighth round. But we've yep. got enough homers that I feel like somebody might pump them up into that second round to make sure they get them. But we'll never know because um, it won't be from here. But, yeah, Brett will probably take him somewhere. First round. First round. There we go. All right. Who is a freshman wide receiver or running back that you want to talk about? All right. The freshman wide receiver that I put down was uh, Mazio Bennett. He is six foot, 180 pounds. He's going to South Carolina. He's from Greenville, South Carolina. He's wide receiver 45 in the 247 composite rankings. So in high school, he had 2,000. More than 2,000 receiving yards, more than 500 rushing yards, and he had another 1,400 yards in punt and kick returns in three years on varsity. I just think with Antoine Wells being gone, Xavier Leggett being gone, you have Nick Harbour there. I just think that there's a good chance that he sees the field early for South Carolina and potentially in a variety of ways. I just think he's kind of a playmaker and – Good player. All right. I went with freshman wide receiver, four-star, Amari Jefferson. Uh, he is wide receiver 33 for 24-7. Um, in a composite, he's wide receiver 35. Still a four-star, but he is somebody that can win in multiple ways. That's the thing I just love about wide receivers is that you can win off you know, the line of scrimmage within your route at the catch point. You can kind of be sloppy in your routes and still win. You can be super crisp and win there. I just There's a lot of different ways to win, and that's why I think I like the wide receiver position the most. But, yeah, he can win in all sorts of facets, and he's got incredible speed and yak 
like, and then going to this Kalen DeBoer system, you saw what he did with Roma Dunze, uh, Jalen Polk, uh, McMillan. If he can put an offensive scheme together, get him in space, I think this could be for 24 7, having him at wide receiver 33. I think he could finish well above that. Uh, he is six foot, 200 pounds, so not a small dude. Uh, he had. 72 receptions for 1,370 yards and 17 touchdowns his last season in uh, – oh, that would have been two years. That would have been his junior year. I don't have his senior senior stats. Also, I don't know how easy it is for you, Jacob, to find stats, but sometimes uh, it's a little bit harder than others to to find senior senior work. But, yeah, he he's out of Tennessee, Chattanooga, Tennessee – Tennessee not able to keep him. He he did go visit there uh, in January, but yeah, ended up going to Alabama. So that could be something exciting. And a lot of wide receivers left, so there could be a path that he gets on the field. Unlikely, so I, in my opinion, but I don't know. I am also a fan of Amari Jefferson, and uh, I believe he's a dual sport athlete, which I really like. Baseball, just in, just in general, but I think he's a pretty. He was a pretty sought-after recruit for baseball. Yep. Yes. Yep. All right. So then the freshman running back that I'm highlighting is he's, – he's a fun one. So Jonathan Paylor, he's 5'9", 170 pounds, so a little bit on the smaller side, but he's going to NC State. He is the number 103 overall player in 247 composite rankings, so he's really high in the rankings. I don't know how high he's going to go in our draft necessarily, but he is an electric playmaker. Um, he had 4,500 rushing yards, averaging 12.1 yards per carry. He had over 2,800 receiving yards, and he added another 700 kick and punt return yards in four seasons on varsity. He's just an electric playmaker. He ran a 10-600 meter, and the speed definitely shows up on the field. Like if you watch his huddle tape, he looks very, very fast and twitchy. Um, size is definitely a concern for Debbie, but with the exodus of kind of the NC State running back room, I know they got Jordan Waters coming in, but I, I just think he could see the field sooner rather than later, kind of the same as Mazio Bennett. All right. Is there any concern that you have going to NC State and how they have not really – Utilize the running back as much as probably you would like with uh, Michael Allen and mm-hmm. and whatnot. I mean, yeah, but he's a, he's the kind of player that you could see him being used as a true freshman in like gadget kind of plays, like sweeps, all that kind of stuff. So not necessarily for his profile. Now, if you're saying a high end running back that's like two fifteen, and that you want him to be a bell cow going to NC State, then, yeah, got a bigger problem with that. And then something with Bennett that I was just thinking about, and I, I can't remember all of the wide receivers that they're bringing in, but I think they're, like, bringing in, like, dudes. They're, like, not, like, Nicholas Harbor-type dudes, but, like, on that same spectrum where they're trying to bring in some freaks, mm-hmm. and they're just like, hey, if we can bring in, like, these freaks, we'll just figure out how to get our athletes on the field. And um, I think South Carolina brings in several of those guys, uh, this, this recruiting class, 
I'm trying to remember there is somebody who transferred there um, that I think it's not like South Carolina is going to have like a huge, like a deep wide receiver core. And I think they're going to have a, a transfer that kind of leads kind of the leads that team. Yeah. And the other thing with South Carolina that is interesting is it's basically a new offense when it's probably going to be Lenore Sellers, right? That's going to be yep. starting quarterback. Well, they did say he's going to get the first snaps of spring practice, so which, whatever a, that means. That's exciting in and of itself. Like, does he raise the play of like some of these other guys? Like, is that offense kind of going to come out of nowhere and be really, really good? There's the potential for that. All right. My freshman running back that I want to uh, talk about is three-star Johan Cardenas. He is 24-7's RB51 composite. He is running back 39. I'm not sure what sites have him up, but they'd have to have him up pretty high to get him up to, to 39. But he's also a composite three star. He is six foot, two fifteen, out of Houston, Texas, playing uh, Texas football there. But this guy, I just love how he goes between the tackles. You kind of see a little bit of everything in this kid's profile. He can catch the ball. Sometimes it looks super graceful. Sometimes it's not so much. But he. I think the thing that he does really, really well is gets north and south really quick. Um, I would say majority of the time when I watch film on incoming freshmen, running back-wise, it is how can I bounce this outside and just be faster than everybody else, which for a lot of these high-profile kids, that's kind of all you have to do. If I can get it out here. But how do you do between the tackles? And I think Johan Cardenas does that really well. Now, according to Max Preps, so he has been playing since his freshman year, which he got a little bit of run, 57 tar- or fifty-seven carries for 459 yards. He had two 100-yard games and nine touchdowns. Not bad He's, or in Texas football. Uh, then he follows it up his sophomore year with 147 carries for 975 yards, nine touchdowns. Junior year, 108 carries for 1,041 yards and 13 touchdowns, and he got finished off his senior year with 249 carries for 2,268 yards rushing and 33 touchdowns on the ground. Well... I told you he could catch the ball. Freshman year, 10 receptions for 201 and two touchdowns. Sophomore year, 39 receptions for 593 and seven touchdowns. Junior year, 20 receptions, 330 yards, five touchdowns. And his senior year, 25 receptions for 340 and one touchdown. Duke can catch the ball. He can run the ball. He's got... He's got some speed to him. I won't say he's super fast, but he's got some speed to him. He's going to Vanderbilt. I Vanderbilt is very good at identifying athletes. Typically, they get sniped. Yeah, and they leave. Yeah. Yep. I'm trying to think. There was was it Jack Beck? There was like somebody that went to LSU at the very end. Like, 
and Vandy really tries to to sell the the family and develop here. They just they can't keep you like just like this last year. Everybody left. Quarterbacks, wide receivers, everybody, everybody's gone. But everybody's gone. Could Johan Cardenas get some run this year? Ah, uh, maybe. I like I like his profile more than Cedric Alexander, <gasps> the freshman last year. Yep. I mean, I could see him definitely being their starter. So I think there is a path to at least some playing time, or maybe he's an injury away. I never want to like wish injury upon somebody, but I think you might get a chance to see him freshman year. RB fifty one and twenty four seven way down there, uh, and off to. It was on for the composite wide or running back thirty nine. I honestly don't know if I talk about him. If anybody's even looking at him to like the twelfth round or even looking like, I don't know how everybody goes about with their with their uh, process. But if you're just looking at twenty four seven, you're probably not getting to him because you're drafting all the other guys that are in our pool that are going into their junior or senior year that can actually get you points. Mm-hmm. Is this a guy you want to use one of your higher freshman picks on? Like, I don't know this. Go, you don't want a helmet scout, but also going to Vandy. Uh, you're playing in the sec. I really don't know what you're going to do for me. So you're hoping that this three-star becomes a Debbie prospect. He's got the weight. He's got the height. So I'm not too concerned about that. But then, hey, everybody can transfer. So maybe he pops off and he goes transfer somewhere else. Jameer Gibbs did that at Georgia Tech. Worked out all right for him. So do you, I, I suggest everyone go watch his film. If you believe in him, take him. Like I think I would be comfortable taking him Probably like fourth or fifth round, and then anywhere after that, I think so, because there's yep. some guys uh, that have produced in our supplemental draft that you know what you're going to get over Johan Cardenas. But hey, I'm going to take a shot. Maybe fourth, fifth round. I'm I'm willing to take a dart throw. Maybe six. I don't know. It's tough. Because you you have all these known things, and I haven't really gone through everybody that's coming uh, that's available. So maybe I would push him down, maybe to the eighth round. But I think I would feel comfortable taking him as soon as the fourth. Yeah, and I mean, physically, he's probably going to be more in line with something that could potentially pan out on the NFL level than some of the CFF producers that you're going to have, you know, once you get to that eight-round range. And, and just kind of a reminder, um, I profiled Ashton Genty a couple of years ago, traded, I think, maybe with Ian, somebody to get back into the eighth round to draft Ashton Genty. He might – I would not be surprised if he is a Heisman candidate. Doubt he wins because it's a quarterback award, but I would not be surprised if – And he's at Boise. Yep. Um, and then – Damien Martinez, I believe, was also a three-star. Um, so these three stars can, you know, pop off. Quinn Yep. 
Um, the other thing about Boise, I saw that they have already sold like a thousand more tickets, like season tickets, than they have like in any other year. Like they've sold a thousand earlier. Uh, bringing in all these Malachi Nelson and was it Chris Marshall? And they could be fun. Be, this I mean, will be they, interesting to watch. They could be fun. There's just big unknowns with like Malachi Nelson. Obviously, we don't, we don't, we haven't seen him yet. And then Chris Marshall. There's a whole could lot, be, whole lot of could, unknowns there. This literally could be the G5 Texas A&M. Could be. Could it could be? I don't know. Tulane brought in a lot of guys too, but not maybe to the profile yeah. of what Boise State brought in. Yeah, that was my running back that I wanted to highlight. Going to Vandy. Uh, would love to hear you guys in the chat. Go look at these players. Tell us what you think of them. Did we accurately give you guys some information? Or do you guys think, hey, these guys are scrubs. Why did you guys talk about them? I would love to hear your guys' thoughts. Uh, especially Nate. He's like the only one that listens to us. Ian, um, I think doesn't care at all about what we say because he's a NFL champion and we're talking about college guys and he just doesn't care about them. Well, and and the reality is how fun is it to just be another podcast that's going to talk about Jeremiah Smith? Not fun. Everybody should know that that guy is probably going to be a stud and he's going to cost an early round pick. Like, do we really need to talk about it? No. Let's highlight some of these guys that don't get the love. Plus highlight the guys that everyone's going to have an opportunity to, to grab yeah. like literally Jeremiah Smith will be gone after like by the first round. It'll be probably it'll within be, the first five. It'll picks. be the first or within the first two picks. He's gone. <laughs> Luke has so, the one Oh one. I've got the one Oh two. He's not making it past the one Oh two. So, so deal with yeah. that. All right. We actually went through things a little bit quicker tonight. Yeah. Anything else that you want to talk about? Something just broke on my cellular telephone device. There was a I'll talk MVP. About I'll talk about one thing. Okay. Vanderbilt has to be like aligned with that real analytics or some on-field athleticism <laughs> company for recruits. Because every year, like they got Johan Cardenas coming in this year. Last year, they somehow found London Humphreys who's like this ridiculous athlete who then transfers to Georgia, Georgia. Like what? <laughs> Jaden McGowan is basically Zachariah branch just at Vanderbilt and doesn't get the, doesn't get the hype. I'm just saying they, they find these like freak athletes every single year. Now, Johan Cardenas, I wouldn't say is like a freak athlete, but he's a very good athlete. He's an yep. NFL level athlete. And uh, just coming across the phone here while we were talking about these, Browns quarterback Joe Flacco wins AP NFL Comeback Player of the Year. Wow. And Lamar Jackson tweets favorite quarterback wins the NFL MVP for the second time. Tweet probably can't wait to come back next week. We'll probably have, since he's not going to listen to this, we'll, we'll talk about it then and maybe have him present the award to Lamar. That'd be great. But yeah, that's all we got tonight. 
um next week not really sure what the plan is but jacob what one thing that we will be doing is jacob myself and tweet will be highlighting two players each that are available in our supplemental draft the only thing will be one will be a freshman the other will be a a returner who's already you know on waivers i invite anybody who wants to come on and talk uh, be a part of the podcast feel free to come on you open invite to anybody i know nate and ian are going to host a podcast one night i'm gonna you know let uh, what what did the, what did the houston texas G, texans gm say that one time you know let the prisoners run the asylum the asylum yeah mm-hmm. that's what that's what we're gonna do roll it over to the prisoners and let them do everything. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, that's all we got tonight. Good night, Jacob. Don't hate the player, hate the game. And I'm Triple H. Good night. See ya.